Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, where we talk all things mindset, personal growth, spirituality, and business to live our most fulfilled and liberated lifestyles. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, a former burnt-out financial services consultant turned mindset and business coach. I believe that we have a greater calling in life than just clocking in and out of a job and living for the weekends. So if you're ready, grab your cafecito because your liberation starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Liberated Latina podcast. For all of my passionate creatives out there, you are in for such a treat today because we have Andrea Lopez coming on the podcast today. Andrea and I connected within a Facebook group for the podcast course that we both took in order to successfully launch our podcast. And as soon as we got on the Zoom call, I was like, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. It's kind of scary. She's a fellow Latina from Miami who is currently living in LA to pursue her dreams of connecting and inspiring other creative millennial entrepreneurs, which I think is amazing. A couple of fun facts about this woman. She's ranked the top iTunes charts with her debut EP Echoes. And she recently was one of the co-writers on Gloria Stefan's new single, Cuando Hay Amor. So clearly she's a very talented singer and songwriter. And she's recently journeyed into the podcast world with her show, The Journey of Pursuit Podcast, where she shares stories and strategies to empower other creatives. I'm so excited for you to listen to this interview, and I hope that it inspires you. All right, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. In the intro, I shared that we met through the Facebook group with the course that we both took to launch our podcast. And I remember seeing your last name and I was like, oh, wait, I'm Lopez. And then I listened to your podcast. I'm like, wait, she's from Miami too. (laughs) And it was just so cool how we were able to connect in this way. So I'm really grateful that you're coming on and you're sharing your story and your experiences with everybody here. No, thank you so much for having me. It's honestly, it it was so weird how we met. Like your last name is Lopez. We're in the same group. We happened to see each other's posts and we were like, oh, you have a a podcast? I have one too. Let's get on each other's podcast. So I'm so happy that we could connect and do this. I mean, why not? Yeah. So I usually just like to start off with allowing you to share your story because we tend to want to jump so quickly into what we do and like what we accomplish and in the intro, everyone has a really good idea of all the amazing things that you've accomplished recently and what you do. But I think that the real connection comes when we get to hear your story and your experiences and what molded you into who you are today. So if we can, I would love to hear your experience growing up in Miami and where you found your love for music. Wow, it's a loaded question. But yes, (laughs) but I understand because I mean, I have that same mentality of everyone's story really takes them to where they are today. I feel like the main thing that I guess I can think of immediately that molded me was when I was at a very young age, I went to a private school, like I was at a public school and I ended up being transferred to a a private school and that school had a bunch of girls that bullied me and it was a very small class. It was like 28 kids. So it was very, very small and all of them have grown up together. So it was like a pre-K to eighth grade middle school and they had been together since pre-K and I entered in fifth grade. So it was kind of like a very awkward stage and age to get into a new school because I was only 11. So that was really hard. I had to learn how to 
be my own best friend and how to kind of get through hardships like at a very young age. Thankfully, my family was super supportive and my family is like my rock. So anytime I came home, it wasn't like a big deal. You know, they made it seem like that's not really important or it's important, but you, there are other things to look at in life. And everything's about attitude was really how they taught me to grow up, which I'm so grateful for because if they hadn't taught me that special, I guess, reminder, like attitude is everything, kill them with kindness kind of thing then I wouldn't have made it through my middle school years for sure. But the middle school years is a very important part of my life because it's when I turned to music for inspiration and release. And I would come home and I would be really upset. Before I got into music, however, I was writing in journals. So I've been writing in a journal pretty much my entire life. Probably I started when I was 12 years old, 12 to 14. I can't remember when, but I started writing in a journal every single night of all the things that would happen to me. And sometimes I would have melodies in my head and I would write a song with a melody, but I would never put music to it. I would just write it in my journal and kind of have it there. And then the next page would kind of just be a story. The next page would be a song and the next page would be whatever, whatever. I went through something or this happened today at school. Very like childish, just scribbling around my thoughts and what I was feeling that was fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade was kind of my branching out moment where I realized that I had the opportunity to create something. And so I started writing music and I started, my parents bought me a guitar and I learned four chords and I just taught myself how to play those four chords and any of the music I had written or the melodies I had kind of became songs through like what I was writing in my journal to then music. That was super important for me. That I think that time really molded me because it was my first realization of creativity, my first realization of this makes me feel good when I'm going through a really bad time. And it really set me up for my future, which then I graduated eighth grade and those girls went with me to the same high school. I only had like one good friend in that school in the middle school and we're still friends today, which is a great thing. Yeah, we went through all of that hardship together. We were both bullied by those girls. But, you know, I don't really regret any of the bullying at all. I think it was actually something, like I said, something that I really needed to mold me. I needed to get to where I am today to realize that music was something I could really use for myself and my benefit and not only for me but to help other people because then going into high school I was so so shy and so scared of what was going to happen now in high school with those girls and then also a huge new community right because high school was so much bigger than middle school and that was really hard because I was like okay I have to be I have to be strong. I have to also like meet people and I also have to not let go of who I am and what I'm learning about myself. I made a friend in in high school. She was the only person that knew I could sing and write. She was the only one that knew my songs really. And she signed me up behind my back for the school talent show. And I ended that's up like having a good like movie plot. Like that's so <laughs> classic. I love that. <laughs> Every time I tell this story, everyone's like, this should be a movie. 
But it really was that moment. I was in homeroom and they called me to audition from like the, they called me to the office and I was like such a goody two shoes. I was like, what am I going to the office for? There's no way I could have done something wrong. I went to the office and they said, you have to go to the audition room. I went to the audition room. They had a guitar there for me and everything. And the woman, like the teacher was like, you need to now play for us. You are a part of the audition process. I was so afraid because the room was full of seniors and I was a sophomore at the time and I was so terrified. I was just thinking, oh my goodness, I can't do this. Like everyone's just looking at me and I have to now be super extrovert when I was super introverted. But I did it anyway and I ended up getting into the talent show and then I ended up winning the talent show. It's so divine timing. It's like, lo que está para ti, nadie te lo quita. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is for you. Yeah, it was so scary. Like, I remember getting on that stage and saying to myself, don't mess up. Like, this is your opportunity for anything, really, because I was so scared and so introverted. I, no one knew me. There was no way I, I could lose anything, really. But it was such an important moment for me because I had told myself I could do something and I put myself in the spotlight and it was my opportunity to prove to myself that I could get over the hump of this hardship I've had over the past few years growing up and I did it I ended up winning and that honestly like it sounds cliche but it really did change my life because it was that moment of clarity wow people care people care about my music people care about my my voice my songs Everyone started coming up to me after the show saying like, aren't you in my math class? Why don't you ever talk? Like, you're so, you're so cool. Like, you're so nice. Like, why don't we hang out? And the first time I ever heard those words, you know, where I was like, what? People want to hang out? And we did. And I realized there that that was my opportunity. My school started contacting me for school plays or for events. And I ended up writing and playing and everything for my school. And I became really good friends with a lot of people in the school. And I completely branched out of my own shell. I was like, wow, this was a great thing for me to do. And my friend, the one that signed me up, her and I are still friends. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, thank goodness you signed me up because I would have never done it myself. And I think that's really important. You know, you need to have a support group that kind of sees the light in you before you see it in yourself if you don't, if you don't see it, you know? having people to push you do the things that you, they know you need to do and can do. I didn't know that that was important until that moment where I thanked her and said, this was amazing. Thank you so much. My life changed because of you. That was an amazing molding opportunity and part of my life for sure. I literally got goosebumps when you were saying that you thanked her for what she did. Because whether people had the whole popular experience in high school or not, you really just need that one person, that one person, like you mentioned, like that fully believes in you and sees you, everything that you are and, and accepts you for that. And I honestly need your life to be a movie because <laughs> that was just like the perfect <laughs> transformation story. Thank um, you. I, it's something that like, sometimes I don't talk about the whole like bullying thing because sometimes you don't want people to see you or know that side of the story. but. Growing up and now being 26, having my own life with my career and whatever, like wherever I've gone now, that just is something that has always stuck with me. Treat people well and 
what has happened to you isn't the thing that defines you. Those are the two biggest lessons I've learned in my life. And it was because I went through that at a very young age and struggled with making friends. And music is what made me realize that it didn't have to be a struggle and that people care. There are good people in the world and you just have to be open to it. Not everyone is going to treat you the same, obviously, but there are good people in the world and you just have to see that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear, especially after this incredible experience in high school with really utilizing your creativity as like your superpower, really, it's what magnetized people and opportunities to you. Did you know at that point that that's what you wanted your career to be? Or did you ever feel pressured to do something like, quote unquote, more stable or safe? Yes, I did not know that it was something I should focus on. When I graduated high school, I went to Loyola, Maryland for one semester. I lasted four months in Maryland. I went to Maryland with the idea of studying business because I knew that there was an entrepreneur side of me because of my music, you know, like I was doing it on my own. I was just getting gigs and people were contacting me for their events, but I didn't know that that was, that could be a business. I just thought of it as my hobby. I just thought of it as the thing that made me me and the, the thing that helped me through the next three years of my high school life. Then when I graduated and went to Loyola and I started doing business or, you know, learning business, I took a guitar class in the business school with a guitar teacher and my parents came to visit me for a parent teacher or whatever, like, yeah, family they week meet. or whatever. Yeah, family week. And my, my whole family came and they were like, you look so sad. And I was like, yeah, I don't like it here. And it had nothing to do with the people or, you know, anything like that. I just, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't studying music. I wasn't studying what really set me on fire. And every minute I have that was spared, like, you know, anything I had that was extra time, I would go to a practice room and I would play a song or write a song. And my family was, were the ones that gave me permission. Like, you should come back to Miami and you should study music. Like, why don't you do that? And I thought to myself, I didn't think that that was an option because at the time, think now it's so regular. It's very normal for you to study something that's creative. And I think at the, t- at the time where I could have studied it, it was too. But for some reason, I never thought of it. I never thought of, let's study music. But I ended up applying to Frost School of Music. And I knew that I didn't just want to study music. I wanted to study the business of music. Because I was, am an entrepreneur, and I love that. It really sets me on fire. So I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to study something, it's going to be the business of music. And I applied to the school and I got in with a scholarship. And so it was an opportunity for me to be like, okay, this is obviously something you need to do. I went there for three years and I I decided to do it in three years. I could have done four, but I knew that I wanted to graduate on time. So I double down on my credits because nothing transferred over, which was a headache. Yeah. Always happens like that, right? <laughs> and, so convenient for these schools. Like, oh yeah. no, none of that counts. Like, oh, okay, yeah. great. <laughs> I doubled down on my credits. I did everything. And I, then I just, um, I realized that music business was a way for me to learn the ins and outs of what I could potentially make a career. 
And even though I went to music school, I always say that to everyone that ever asks me, I don't think that music school was my essential, I guess, stepping point into having a career. I actually think it was my internship. My school was a great way for me to meet people, my friends, my artist friends. They're still my friends today. We text all the time. We're in each other's lives. We support our creative endeavors no matter what it is. And that has been my core of my music school experience. But my main music business experience was my internship with Emilio Estefan. And that was my biggest amazing opportunity like I can't I still can't believe that I had that opportunity for sure and especially in Miami like if you get to work with the Estefans I mean they're huge yeah I asked if I could have an internship and they said yes and UM or Frost School of Music is only a five minute drive from their studio here in Miami I asked if I could go at any moment of the day I didn't care if it was an hour I was just like I want to be there I want to learn from you And the beginning for the first three months, I was the coffee girl, the answer the call girl, the one that got the dinner. If they had a session, I was the girl that did all the errands, no matter what they asked me to do, label every single song that has ever been made. I was that girl. And I was so happy to do it because I was also able to see the ins and out of studio life. I had never seen that. In school, they taught me more about how do you write a song? Or even though I think that was something I I knew naturally because I was writing songs before I even went to school. But in the internship, it was the first time I saw how to be polite in a session, how to invite someone to write with you, little things like that. I was supposed to be there for three months and I ended up being there for two years. I did not leave. And I think, I mean, at first I was like, can I just stay another three months? And they would always be like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, you don't have to pay me. I don't care. I just want to be here. Every hour, every five minutes I had free from school, I would drive over, be like, I'm here. What do you need me to do? And eventually in the summer, the first summer that we had me being in the internship, I didn't go anywhere. I actually asked to stay again, like three more months. And that was a great idea I had because that was when Emilio said, we have to find another intern because I want you to start writing with me. And that was, of course, as a songwriter, you're like, oh my goodness, of course. Like you will never say no to that. And I did. I started writing with him. I started going to sessions with him. I became his demo girl. So anytime we wrote a song together, I would be the one that would sing that song. And that was a great lesson too, because I had to learn how to make my voice different depending on who we were pitching it to. If it was someone that had a raspy voice, I had to make my voice raspy. If, I ha- if they had a clearer tone, I had to make my, my voice a clearer tone. And that was all things that he taught me how to kind of get into character and also taught me how to write with that person in mind or write something from the heart that could be for a general audience, you know? He's very, very good at what he does, obviously. And he is the best mentor I've ever had and can ever ask for. I think he is someone that has really just taught me so much, not only about music. I have to say it wasn't only about music. He taught me so much about life too. And about etiquette. If you're not nice in this music industry, you will not go far. And I think that's why him and Gloria are so successful because you can tell when you meet them, when you're around them, they're good people and they treat you 
the same. They, they treat you equally. They love you for who you are. And I think that was something I still admire from them, you know? Yeah, they're successful and they're respected and beloved, honestly. Yeah. And I think that's so unique nowadays. Because yeah. like, yeah, there are so many of these like pop stars that are successful, but they don't have that same level of respect and admiration yeah. from that from that like genuine place. So I loved that. And I think it's really important that you mentioned too, like, listen, for a while, I had to stick it out. There was no ego there. And it's true. Sometimes we have to leave our ego at the door because we know that this is where we need to be. And however long it takes, like it, I could just tell throughout your entire story that you were so committed to your craft you. and like your talent. And it's, it's different to be committed than to like be needy of it. It seems like your relationship with music was so strong. Like it, it was there for you when you were growing up. So you're like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm going to be there for, for music. Like I'm going to be there for you. I'm, I'm here to stick it out and do whatever I need to do to just like continue to cultivate my craft and my, my career. Yeah, it's so true. I've never thought of it like that, but it is very true. Music, I mean, I always knew music has been there for me, but in the darkest moments of my life, music is what has seen me at my most vulnerable. The things you write, the things you feel, the way that you write them and the way that you feel them while you're writing is the truest form, I think, of a human. And any writer, I think, can relate to that. When you are in a session, when you are by yourself and writing and you have just your instrument, whether it be your voice or your actual instrument, like your guitar, you know, your, your piano, and you're writing, there is nothing else there. That is what matters. Your expression in that moment is all that matters to you. And I've really tried to continue that throughout my career. I agree with what you said, I think, with any person that is starting out or not even starting out, if you've changed directions in your career or anything like that. It is important to leave ego at the door. I've never thought of it like that, but I guess when you enter an opportunity like working for someone like the Emily, like the Estefans, you think to yourself like you, you can't have ego. You know they are amazing. They are the Estefans. You you are there to learn from them, not the other way around. You know, and I think something that really stuck with me about the whole experience was that you always have to leave with an open door too you know like obviously that internship wasn't going to last forever because after I graduated I needed to make money and I also you know I have I've I had learned what I felt like to be enough for me to now move on and take everything I've learned with me and I think it was super important for me to leave that door open because I love them so much every single time I come to Miami I text them it's something that I never let go of because I don't, it's not necessarily about like, hey, can we ride together? It's like, hey, I'm here. I miss you. Love you. Hope you're doing well. If you have, you know, if we can get together, I would love to see you guys. Things like that. I think that's really important to take with you no matter what you do, no matter where you are. Always try to leave an open door and see people for just like they're people, you know? People are people. Are people. You just like treat them how you want to be treated and they always treated me so well so when I decided like can't do this internship anymore you know I'm I'm gonna be going to LA they were super supportive of that and they were like of course do what you gotta do keep us in mind I'm like of course every time no matter what I do for the rest of my life I will keep you guys in mind yeah yeah you read my mind because I definitely want to go into your 
your journey moving from Miami to LA and, and what went into that decision and how that was for you. But before we do, I want to point something out because especially since there's a lot of like new entrepreneurs or aspiring mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, and I just want to point out that what you mentioned about human beings and just having an, an open door, and it's really about fostering connection and being of service at all times, no matter what. And like, to your point, even when you decided to leave, it's not like, okay, well, I've done all I can do for you. Or like, I got my opportunity from you. Bye. Yeah. But it's really about cultivating that connection and respecting the fact that there are people around you that have helped you and that want to see you succeed and not doing it from like, to your point, not doing it from a, from a place of like strategy or like trying to see what else you can get from them. But it's like, no, there's a connection here. Like we shared so much time together and we shared so much space together. And I want to continue to show up for you and and have that connection and be of service in any way that I can, if it's there, if not, I just want to be a human. So I think that easily applies to business as well for anybody that's starting their, their journey. Like it all starts with connection and being of service. And sometimes that is leaving your ego at the door to just cultivate that connection. So I just wanted to make that point. And I definitely want to talk about your move to LA (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like that's so, I'm going to say it's ballsy (laughs) because it's across the country and you left by yourself and I just really want to hear your experience with that like what made you decide to to make the jump and what was that experience like for you so I actually have to backtrack a little bit because after the internship with Emilio and Gloria I ended up going to their corporate office to learn sync licensing with their lawyer so they, I needed a job and they were like, we can offer you a job. It just won't be like music, music. It'll be more the, really the behind the scenes of music, like licensing, how our songs get cleared, all this type of, all these things. And I was like, but I'm not a lawyer. And they were like, it's okay. You know, this is going to be a learning opportunity for you. And I did, I was there for a year. And while I was there, I was also writing with Emilio and Gloria still. Actually, that's when I wrote Cuando Hay Amor, her new single, the one that just came out. So I wrote that with her and with um, Nicolás Tobar and Emilio Estefan. And it was an amazing opportunity. And I realized there that the corporate world was an amazing way for me to learn that specific topic, sync licensing, everything that goes behind it, how your royalties work. Those are all essential things you need to learn as a musician. And I'm so happy I learned that. And then I realized too, I also need to move from Miami. I need to experience something new. So I had never left Miami except for those four months in Maryland. And I had always lived in, at home while I was going to UM because it saved a lot of money. I ended up telling my parents, I'm moving to LA for four months. And they were like, what? I said, I am going to figure it out. I don't know when I'm leaving. But if everything kind of works out, I'm going to go. And this is the crazy part. Everything aligned. I found an apartment for so cheap from like someone I knew that was going for five months. She was leaving LA for five months. It was perfect. I shipped my car for super, super cheap. I could pack things in my car. It was amazing. And I just booked my flight. And it was in the middle of Hurricane Irma when I decided to move. So when my mom came with me to LA, 
she actually had to stay with me for a week when she had only planned to be there for two days because they had closed all the airports. So I left and the next day they closed all the airports. So God was like, you are going to LA and there's really no turning back. Like everything is closed. That's it. You're staying there. And it was an amazing four months. I decided to pour all of what I had into my art and into myself. It was the first time I ever lived by myself. That was the most important part of it. I was like, okay, I'm here. No one's here to save you. Your family's not here to save you. Your friends aren't even here to save you. You are here and you're going to learn how to fend for yourself. Like, what can you do today that's going to make you happy? What, what can you do today that's going to get you a step further to what you want? And those are the two questions I really asked myself every single morning. And I knew that I had to make money also because LA is very expensive. So I made 20 copies of my resume, like straight up hard copies. Like, who am I? I am like a 50-year-old woman who doesn't know how to use technology, but I know how to use technology. I just thought that was the easiest way for me to get in front of people. And I went to the main boulevard of where I was living and I just went store to store. It was an ice cream shop. Then the next one was like a boutique store. Then the next one was like a coffee shop. I just did all my resumes. Everyone said the same thing. We'll let you know. We'll call you if we need help, which I understood. And the last, last, last boutique store that I went into was this lady and she was so cute and she just saw me. I was sweating. I was so, so hot. It was, it was like one of those really horrible heat waves in LA. I went in and I was like, I have gone up and down this boulevard. You're the last person I'm going to. I don't know anyone here. I need, you know, to make money. Obviously, I, I would love to help you and I would love to meet people. And I think I can really help you. And she ended up emailing me that night and I worked for her for like a year and a half. And still today, she's like one of the most amazing people I've met in LA. She's still like my mom there, you know, anytime I need something, I'm like, hi, I need help. What do I do with this? And she's been an amazing help. Her store is called Kin and Kind. And I was there for a year and a half. And the best thing about that job was that she really saw me for who I am. She knew that I wasn't there to be a full-time boutique helper. I was there to make my dream come true of getting into sessions and meeting people. And she was 100% respectful of that. Anytime I needed to leave the store for a session, she would cover my shift. Like my boss would cover my shift because she knew that that was something I really wanted. And I never asked her to do that. I just told her my story one day when we got to know each other. And she told me, if you ever need, just let me know. Ever since then, she's been one of my biggest supporters in LA for sure. And that was super cool. That's how I started meeting people in LA. People that would come in the store, I would talk to them. I met my friend Emily, who used to work next door to me from another boutique store. She's also a songwriter. We've written a bunch of songs together. And that's kind of how I started. My one foot in front of the other. Just get yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Because I was so afraid doing this on my own for the first time. But when I got the job and when I saw that opportunity could come from just putting one foot in front of the other, it made it less scary and I felt more comfortable taking more action. It was like, okay, you did this. I got you here. What's the next thing you could do to get you there? So good. I love that you mentioned that, that you don't need to have all the pieces. It's just literally the next step. It's not the next five. It's just yeah. the next one. And I just recorded a podcast about the gap. I call it the gap because mm -hmm. it's like, 
I know where I am right now. I know I want to get to point like D, but what's that in the middle? And that gap tends to overwhelm so many people and it psychs you out and you're like, okay, forget it. I don't know the how, so I'm not going to move forward. But it's just, it's not going from A to Z or whatever. It's A to B. It's just that one step. And you don't need to know all of the how and exactly how things are going to happen. Like you didn't know where the money was going to come in from. You're just like, I'm just, today I know I can go around and I can, you know, share my resume and that's just what I'm going to do today. And it brought you the most incredible person and it brought you the most incredible opportunity. And that's all we have to do. We just have to show up. Totally. And I think another point to what you just said is doing it messy. So I feel like everyone also wants to do so much, but they're just so afraid that it's not perfect. And I'm guilty of that. I totally, in my music career and now in my podcasting career, like it is very hard to do things not knowing where it's going to happen and also realizing that it's going probably not going to be perfect. You know, you're going to fail. But I always ask everyone in my episodes, what's your biggest failure and what's your biggest success? And I mean failure and success very like vaguely, you know, failure isn't failure and success isn't what people think success is all the time. You know, failure, failure has to happen. Your lessons in life need to happen for you to know what you want to do or what's the right thing to do next. And success could be the smallest thing to me. Like let's say uh, doing 20 copies of my resume to get, you know, a job. That's something that was successful for me in that moment. And it's gotten me someone that I truly respect and love and who has always supported my career on top of, you know, having a great partner at the time when I needed money. But yeah, I I totally agree. I think it's something that you really do need to just do it. Just take the step. It's so scary. Yes, 100% so scary. But you'll see how less scary it gets when you get to the other side of actually doing that. And you know what I love, and I see this in so many like Latinas and women of color in general, we are so resourceful because it (laughs) runs in our blood. Our family had to make it happen. It was literally fight or flight. Yeah. Like I know it was for my grandma and I'm sure for your parents, I had a similar experience. Like they needed to hustle to make it. So we have that in our blood. Like we know how to make it happen. It's not always going to be pretty, but we're like, we're, we're in it to win it. (laughs) Like we're in it. We're committed to the goal and we're, we're so much more resourceful than we give ourselves credit for. And the only reason why we feel stuck sometimes, and we're like, well, I don't know how you're not letting yourself know how you're not letting yourself figure it out. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. And I see that in you. Like I see such a resourceful, just like badass energy from you and such a strength. And I just wanted to honor that. And I know it's in so many other Latinas and women of color. We have it in us. It's in our blood. Yeah, you can't help it. it. Yeah, you can't help (laughs) it. You just, it's just, it's a part of me. I have planned to have my mom on my podcast soon. And it's mostly because it's that fire, you know, she was able to come to the US and have like $100 in her pocket, you know, and it's like, how, how do you do that? It's so scary. But then realizing that that like you said it runs in my blood it runs in our blood as latinas and it's something you should be proud of it's something that you should see as something that's going to get you where you got to get to you know your family your ancestors did this did that so you can do it yes totally obviously you're a very talented singer and songwriter but i want to hear about your podcast journey and how that came about so everyone knows me mostly as a singer songwriter musician latina like 
extrovert person, which is so funny because I was such an introvert, like I said in the beginning of my story. And now I'm like, I can be friends with a wall. Like I love people. I love getting to know people. I love talking to them. I love getting to know their story. It's just something that lights me up. Like nothing has ever lit, like, lit me up before. And music this year, after being in LA for three years now, I was in and out of sessions. I've recorded a bunch of songs and I haven't actually released anything by myself. Like I haven't released anything since I moved to LA. At first, I thought that was a huge failure. Then I realized now it was exactly what I needed because all the songs I did and made with amazing people, amazing friends, curators, and they're amazing musicians, but it just didn't feel like my music. It didn't feel authentic to me. And although some songs are coming out now in the next year and they do say, you know, they are a part of what Drea is, I needed that time to myself, like those three thick years. And I say thick because so much happened in my personal life and in my career life. It was an essential three years for me to develop into the person I am today to become strong and confident when there was a time where I wasn't. It was essential for me to get quiet, love myself, figure out what makes me happy regardless of what everyone else was saying and expecting from me. That's, I think, the hardest pill to swallow, you know, like people thinking that you should do something or be someone and you realizing that that's not really what you want for yourself. And that's totally okay. You shouldn't follow what other people want for you because it's not their life. So you have to make sure that what you're doing makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, if you don't, you're just wasting your life, you know? You should be doing what you love. So with that thought, I, this year, of course, the pandemic, I think made a lot of people think a lot about their lives. When the pandemic hit in March, I didn't go to music for release. I had just gotten laid off of my job like a lot of people this year. I got laid off by my job that I had, not the boutique store. I, after the boutique store, I worked at a music licensing company in LA. It was a startup music licensing company. I worked for them for a year and I got laid off this year. When I got laid off, I was so upset. And it was actually my dad who I FaceTimed him and I was crying. I was like, oh my God, this is such a failure. Like, What am I going to do? And my dad was like, do I look worried? And I was like, no, why don't you? Like in my head, I'm like, what's happening? Is something wrong? And he was like, you're going to be okay. There are resources in the world. Everyone's going through this. Let's get together. Let's figure out a way. That was an amazing thing for me to hear because I'm someone that's, like I said, a perfectionist. I need everything kind of planned out. And that was such a plot twist. Like, oh, now you don't have income. Now you got to figure out what you're going to do. You live in LA, which is super expensive, and there's a pandemic. It was a lot to handle in, a, in you know, one moment. But in that moment when I was feeling all those feelings, I realized that I didn't go to music. I actually went to podcasts because podcasts were talking about that moment when everyone realized that we're in a global pandemic. The world has changed. People are losing their lives, their loved ones. It's a hard time. And I didn't feel that I had that connection with music. No one was really talking about or writing about what was happening because it was too soon to write about anything, right? Like it hit and those songs obviously couldn't be thought of before that. So podcasts became my thing. 
I just listened to a bunch of them and they were what got me fired up. You know, like every single day I would, I would listen to one and I would be like, yes, that person had so much insight. How did she start that business? It's amazing. Or she's a, a Latina. She did what I want to do. How did she do that? All these different things I was learning on the podcast that I was listening to. And then in like May, I was reading a book and it just hit me where I was like, okay, I love obviously self-help development. Those are all the type of books I read. Sorry, not sorry. I just love them. (laughs) And I realized that I love them so much. But then I also realized how come all the podcasts I listen to are of older women, like in their 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, doesn't matter the age. What I'm mostly trying to say is I would relate to their story with the thing that, okay, yes, that's what I want. I want to be successful in my own business. You know, I want to be able to like do this, this, and this. All those women were doing it, but they're also moms, married, already have a house. I am 26, not married, don't have kids. So for me, my priorities are different than theirs, right? Which is totally fine because like I'm saying, they were still inspirational for me because that's what I aspire to be in the future. But in the moment, I'm like, I have so many questions, you know? What did you do when you were 20? What about when, I, when you were 26? Did, were you also paycheck to paycheck? Did you also lose your job? I had so many questions. So I started researching and I found a few podcasts, but there weren't a lot of millennial podcasts talking about like their actual story. You know, like how did you get to where you are today at 26, at 20, at 30, 35, fine, whatever. But talking about the first years. And I thought to myself, I should start one. And this is actually my second episode of my podcast. I got my, my phone. I recorded a voice note. I sent it to my 10 friends. And I was like, hey, I had this idea. What do you think? Do you think it's horrible? <laughs> or do you think that this is something you would listen to and this, is, this has some type of weight to it, you know? A lot of people responded saying, this is awesome. You should do it. And so I did. When I tell you I had no absolute idea how to do this, I did not know how. I didn't know how to record. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know what a hosting site was. I didn't know that you could, I didn't know anything. You could rank. I didn't know that there was anything about podcasts that could be like a business. And so I just dove in. Like I just told myself, I'm going to figure it out. I ended up using my own song as the intro and outro. And I opened GarageBand for the first time. And I wanted this to like real people to realize I'm a business, like a music business student, and I had never opened GarageBand. Okay. I was like solely a music business person. When I opened GarageBand, I was like, how am I gonna do this? I probably should have listened in like my music production class. Like I probably should have done something with this. And how I learned was that I just trial and error, started recording myself. How does it sound? Do I need a mic? Do I need headphones? What, how does it, how can I do this? How can I do that? Kind of wanted to see like proof to yourself that you can do this. Come on, just okay. Like, and that was the best thing I could have done for myself this year because it made me focus on a positive when the world has been very negative. And I give so much thanks like to my, you know, this project because it's also connected me with amazing people like you. And I think that's exactly what we need more of in this world right now, you know, connect with people. Everyone's like has a story and there are really good people out in the world and they need their voice to be heard. 
And we can do that. You know, we can give them that space. And that's what I wanted to do with my podcast. Like give my friends first and foremost, because there are so many creative friends of mine in LA that are hustling to do what they love and they do it so well and they, their stories should be told. And the worst part, I guess the best part is that they don't realize how talented they are. They don't even realize like how much they've done in 26 years of, of their life. It's like, okay, come to my podcast and let me tell you how cool you are because I think that you touring with that artist is an amazing accomplishment that another 20 something year old is going to want to do or wants to learn from you. So that's where the whole idea kind of sparked from. And I told myself that if I had at least 20 people that I could write down their names of who I could think of like their story, then I had something here. And I ended up having a a list of 50 people. So I was like, all right, I have something here. I'm going to start. I'm going to do it messy. I'm going to record myself. I'm going to figure it out. And that's it. And I ended up taking a course with Stephanie Gass, who is an amazing teacher. I took her course for podcasting because I was like, I really don't know anything. I don't know how to do this. So she is an amazing, amazing person, an amazing teacher. And I highly recommend taking her course if anyone wants to take their course. It's called Podcast Pro University. I can also vouch. Incredible. Like it makes it so easy down to like all the techie stuff, like step by step. So easy. Yeah. And she is just also so real. You know, like she shows up and she's like, hey guys, today we're going to talk about this. And it's so step-by-step, like you said, super precise on like what you need to do. And she really showed me that there's a lot more to podcasting than I thought, you know, like I thought it was going to be like record on GarageBand and submit to something and that's it. No, like there's so much that goes into it. I spend hours, like hours on podcasting and it's hours well spent because I love them. I love working on it. I think it's something that really brings me joy. But definitely recommend her course, Podcast Pro University. And I have a discount code, um, which I'm sure you do too. So, But it's something that I truly wanted to invest in because I had a really good feeling that this is something that was going to bring me a lot of joy. And that's, all, that's the only thing I've been focusing on this year. It's like, what brings me joy? Is, a, is it a walk? Okay, I go on a walk. Is it writing a song? Maybe. Okay, write a song. Is it recording someone on pod, for podcast? Yes. Okay. Watch a movie. Whatever it is, it could be the simplest, most little thing, but it really has made a difference in my life. The podcasting and thinking of things as what brings me joy. How can I serve today instead of being in a bad place or kind of indulging in that negative mindset that a lot of people, you know, granted have had this year because it's been a very hard year. But I think choosing to see the light where you can see it is also something very beneficial for you. I really relate to the fact that I, I too found a lot of comfort in podcasting. Yeah. When I was like in my corporate slump and like trying to figure out how I was going to get out of it. But to your point, it's always a lot of like really successful people that are already in a really good place starting podcasts and then sharing from that place. And especially when you're 23, 24, 26, whatever, and you're still in the process of figuring it out and putting yeah. the pieces together. It's like, okay, but what did you do at this stage? Yeah. Like, I want to see the messiness. I want to see yeah. you figuring things out. And that's exactly what I love about your mission. Thank you. There's so many more of us, like younger, you know, mid, 
early 20s are doing. Like we're just showing up and we're just sharing and it, we're, we're still in it. We're still figuring things out, but that's where the real connection happens because like, here, come in and see the messiness. <laughs> like, yeah. Pull up a chair. Let's talk. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and same goes to you. I mean, like you reached out to me, you know, through Facebook message. You were just like, hey, I saw that you're in this group. Like, let's, let's get to know each other. That also takes guts. You know, there are a lot of people that don't do that. They just stay quiet and they don't, I guess, branch out or, you know, take that scary step. So same to you. I think, I think you're doing an amazing thing for Latinas and for people of color. I think it's going to be beneficial for so much of our generation, for sure. Thanks, girl. So before we get to the last question and before we share where people can find you, what is your one message to creatives that are listening right now that maybe are in the job that they hate or they don't think that what they're passionate about can provide for them. What message do you have to share with them? Well, if you're in a corporate job that you don't like, I would say, can you think of it as an investor to the thing that you want to actually do? And if you can view it as that investing that you need in order to make your dream happen. If you don't like your corporate job and you can't think of it as an investor, I would say, what's another way that you can make money that makes you happy. And if you have a few answers, start digging deep into that. I would also say if you're creative and you are afraid of doing what you love or don't know where to start, I would say just start. Do it really messy and learn from your mistakes. It doesn't matter if people see that mistake. It actually is more admirable to see that mistake. It's more admirable for people to see like you failed, but then you figured it out and you did it again, and it was super successful. People want that realness. People want that authenticity. I think it's easier to relate to someone that is 100% themselves and 100% like, oops, I messed up, or yes, I'm in my pajamas right now at a Zoom call. Like, it's the pandemic, you know what I mean? But I think it's more relatable for people to see someone like that than to someone that has perfectly curated everything. It's very hard, at least for me, to relate to someone that has it perfectly curated because I'm like, how, oh my God, I have to have everything. And it's, that's not my life. I can't do that. I I have so many things I want to do and have to do. And it's less, it just takes off the pressure of having to be perfect. If you just show up and you're real, then people can see you for who you really are and who you really are is beautiful. There's no need to hide behind anything. Just show people who you are. So I would say just start. Don't care what people think. Don't care what people say. You'll tell them you told them so later in a few years when you're doing what you love and you're making a a great life out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The messiness is always like temporary. Like you're going to get better because you're committed to it. So there's there's no other way but up. So who cares? Let it be messy for a while. Yeah. And you know, like I said before, I've been known as a singer-songwriter my whole life. Everyone has pegged me as that, which is fine because I've always been that. And when I decided to do this this year, I was so afraid. What are people going to think of me? How are people going to like relate to me? Are my followers, do my followers even care about this? I had so many opened questions like, oh gosh, like I don't know how to do this correctly in a way that people will still relate to me. And then I realized I should just do it because that's how they're going to relate to me. If I just tell them I have this new venture i'm really excited about it it's just something that's beneficial not for me but also for you what do you think can i do this with you guys being super real 
authentic has taken so much pressure off of my friendships and also off of myself. Like, what are they going to think? They're my friends. If they love you, they will support you no matter what your endeavor is. So that's my advice. Do what you got to do for you. Take the first step. Don't care if it's, if it's imperfect, just do it. Yes. Love it. All right. Last question. I like to ask this to all my guests that hop on the show. Yeah. What does liberation mean to you? Ooh, liberation to me means loving myself every day and choosing to do things with joy every day has given me a lot of freedom. Like I said before, not, not going towards what everyone else wants you to do and wants you to be, but choosing yourself and your love for yourself every single day is just takes off so much weight and liberates you from all that noise. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's your life. At the end of the day, it's your 24 hours. And I think something I learned from the, I watched, I watched this show recently called Modern Love on Amazon Prime. You guys should all watch it. It's a very real, authentic show. They said this girl and this guy meet and the guy's having a really bad day and they don't know each other. They kind of just see each other at a coffee shop and he's like so upset and she's like trying to make him feel a little better. Like, hey, what's up? It's all good. And he's like, no, it's not. And she says, is this how you always are? And he was like, no, I'm so sorry. I'm not. I just, I'm having a really bad day. And she says this piece of advice that has stuck with me ever since I watched it, where she was like, when the universe gives you a bad moment or a bad situation, you have to trick it into thinking that it was a good situation. For example, if you're in a car and you are driving and someone cuts you off, you now need to let everyone else pass you. Like just let them get to the exit they need to get to. If your wallet is stolen, go somewhere and donate money. Like switch the universe, like switch what happened to you. That has also been liberating. Thinking like everything that's happening to you is for you. Everything that's happening to you is for a reason. There is something behind it that's so much better than what you had thought of. So good. Thank you so much, Drea, for coming on and sharing yourself so openly and authentically. I know know that so many people are going to be comforted by hearing your story and everything that you've gone through and what you shared. So where can they find you? Because I know they're going to want more of you in their life. So where can they find you? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. That was really sweet. I loved being on this, honestly. Anytime, anytime a Latina is like, let's hang out. I'm like, hell yes. Let's hang out. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, why not? Especially as Miami Um, girls. We got to stick together, man. I know, for real. I love my Miami people. My Instagram is at Drea Lopez without the E in Lopez. And my Spotify is under Drea, but I can also send you the link because sometimes it's a little hard to find me since I just switched my artist name. My website is andrealopezmusic.com and my podcast is at The Journey of Pursuit. Awesome. I'll definitely have all of the links in the description and the show notes so they can find you with so much ease. But again, thank you so much for coming on and um, we'll keep in touch. Definitely. We'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, this was, this was really fun. What an incredible interview. Thank you so much for joining me, Andrea, today on the podcast. I hope this interview inspired you and showed you that your creativity can in fact be your superpower. By the way, for creatives like us who want to start expressing ourselves and create a more authentic connection and grow an audience, 
podcasting has honestly been such an incredible release for me and I know Andrea feels the same way. The course that Drea and I both purchased in order to launch our podcast successfully and efficiently is called Podcast Pro University. It was such a huge support for me. I honestly went from idea to launch of this podcast in about a month, which is ridiculous. And I actually have people that are finding me on Instagram from the podcast. It's such a great way to start building a community of like-minded people who share your passions. The course is taught by Stephanie Gass, who is the host of a wildly successful podcast. It's called the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. So if this calls to you, now is the time to really invest in the course and work through it over the holidays and plan for a really powerful launch in 2021. If you are interested in this, I will be sure to leave my unique affiliate link in the show notes and description. It'll take you to the sales page and you can read all about it, see the testimonials. I'm a living testimonial that this works, that this is so valuable. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, it is all because I had this incredible course to guide me. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for hanging out with me. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me, theliberatedlatina at gmail.com, or you can find me over on Instagram at theliberatedlatina. See you later, ladies. Hey, amiga, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode. Yes. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, drop a review, and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast. También, be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops. Your support means so much to me, and I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode. See you then.